We're live. Yay. Welcome to Tipsy Ellipses. Yes. Do you want to explain what Tipsy Ellipses are this month, Missy? Sure. And and then when I botch it, you can re-explain it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if you've never been here before for a Tipsy, it's once a month we go live from our Facebook page for a much more relaxed conversation than normal. A little less prep work on our parts, maybe. Not that we're not prepared, but we're not like, (laughs) we're not being super careful. We usually have a cocktail and um, we have guests who are cool moms doing all kinds of cool things. Sometimes it's just us, but we are lucky to have a guest tonight um, and I will wait and we'll do a big introduction in just a second, but that's what it is. And then this will be available as a podcast download, usually Friday-ish. So later this week. Yeah. So if you don't like to hop on and watch Facebook Live, you can just listen to it. But And for those who are afraid of Facebook Live, we can't see you. <laughs> um, you don't have to participate. You can just sit and watch. But if you really want to participate, you can ask and then we maybe could add you to the stream. So. Oh, yeah. but yes, no, we don't do it. We don't surprise attack anybody with it. No, we won't call on you. Yeah. Hey, and, and who are you? Oh, who am I is a great question today. <laughs> so, I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot, 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 writer, foster care advocate, and today winning football team watcher. Last that, football game, they finally won. So that was exciting. That is so exciting to end on yeah. a high note. Yes. After a lot of low, low notes. Oh, you know what? My son played on, he plays on those I-9. So it's like non-competitive yep. sports. And he's been one season where they were undefeated. And then he's been on another season where they didn't win a single game. And it was, it's just kind of fun to see. It's a different dynamic, but it can still be fun and special in its own way. Yes. I'm yes. di- uh, look at, di- can you tell that I am uh, do not disturbing our I just text did it thread? because I realized that I had forgotten to do not disturb. Yeah. If y'all listened to Tipsy Ellipses a couple months ago, we had our text thread ladies as the guests and it never fails as soon as we start recording. It's like, bing, 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 bing. Um, I don't know what they're talking about, but it's well, I ran one. into Leanne at our football game. So who's one That's of probably our what she's telling ladies. everybody. <laughs> so yeah, and we took a picture and I posted it. So that maybe is what it is. But that was, yeah, that was uh, fun. Well, now, and I am Suzanne Kearns. I'm a mom and dot, 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 LGBTQ advocate, a writer. And tonight I'm a little tipsy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not and, even tipsy yet. And I just could barely do my intro. Oh, I don't know. I'm just well, tired. I know. You know, it's candy. I got the sugar buzz. Oh, but like we said, we have a guest tonight. We have Cindy Whitesides, who I'm so excited. Y'all probably heard me talk about Cindy before because she is a mom and dot, 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 life coach and a runner. And she is the friend who I talk about who got me to try stand up yeah. paddleboarding. So, I mean, talk about a good life coach getting me to do that. <laughs> she can she can work you through anything if she can get me to do that. <laughs> I was kind of scared for you since you were not really a swimmer. No, I wore my life jacket, didn't I? Yeah, and Cindy she was did. There to... She did. <laughs> I sweat. Oh my god, talk about sweat! It was like ninety-five <laughs> degrees, and I had a life jacket on, like a weirdo. So Everybody coffee. else, mm-hmm. yeah, just me and the eight-year-olds out there. And <laughs> <laughs> but so Cindy is, uh, like we said, a life coach and helps women, including me, imagine and create the truest versions of their lives. And she likes to go deep and identify the patterns, themes, and stories in our lives that are keeping us stuck, which is such 
a huge topic for us talking about getting unstuck. And some mm-hmm. of this, it was kind of fun reading Cindy's bio because some of this I didn't know about her. So I'm learning a bit <laughs> as I read too. But awesome. So graduate of Texas A&M University and also has a master's degree from Colorado State University. She's a smarty pants and <laughs> has had a really interesting variety of teaching and counseling roles. And what I have known her primarily as is a small business owner who co-founded and runs a medical practice with her husband. So that has been it's been talk about some pivots. So whereas, <laughs> yeah, so the expertise was primarily in teaching and counseling roles, but was mm-hmm. basically running a business, a medical practice, which that's interesting stepping out of your rules. But Uh, before we dive too much into that, though, twin boys who are 10, a bonus Mm -hmm. daughter who's 23, who we just adore. She's, (laughs) she works at the medical practice. She does. She does. She's our best medical assistant. (laughs) She is. And she was the medical assistant for my daughter a couple of weeks ago, in fact. Um, And Cindy, I can, I knew you were an avid runner, but six marathons and 12 half marathons. Wow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I had to count. I wasn't sure. Oh my gosh. One full and two half. And I feel like that's more than enough. Mm, <laughs> I'm just not cut out for running. <laughs> I am just starting the training for another half with my daughter and every single time it feels like it's impossible and that I'll never even be able to make it mile. But I always, I've been here enough times before that I know that somehow it happens, which is kind yeah. of a nice little metaphor for life coaching as well. I mean, truly, it yeah. truly is. It is for sure. For sure. Cause marathoning, half marathoning, whatever it is, you don't start out running 13 miles, 20 miles, 26. You don't do that. And I've heard you talk about your training. You start out with 10 minutes, work up to 20, you do the run walking, you do, you know, it's, it's little pivots that add up over time. And that's what gets you there. It's a beautiful metaphor for all kinds of changes in our life. For sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it also is kind of a metaphor for I've always and I've been warning my daughter about this. And like, if you take too much time off, like if you <laughs> if you think that, oh, cool, I'm up to 10 miles, I got this. I mean, I'm a runner. You take a week off. And it's almost like starting, starting from scratch over. again. Yeah. And so I've, I kind of feel like that is a similar thing too, where we get kind of cocky and we think, oh, we got this figured out. It's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Kind of like my son, who's always like, I don't need to keep taking my allergy medicine because I feel good. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Why do you feel good? Right, <laughs> why right. you feel good. But okay, so it is an incredible oh. metaphor for life. It is. Mm, you just it have is. to keep plugging along. And it just makes mm-hmm. you so dang tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think there's a there's a mantra in running that is consistency is more important than volume. And that oh. has always stuck with me. It's like it's the it's the all or nothing thinking that we talk about all the time where right. you know, if I can't if I can't do the 10, I shouldn't do anything. If I can't do, you know, whatever's yep. on the plan. And and just tonight I had I was supposed to have had a five mile run today. My day got all off the off the whack, like just yeah. you know. And I'm watching the clock, and I got it, got to be with Suzanne and Missy later, and I didn't want to miss it. And and I just I had that mantra in my head, so I went out for a two miler, and two miles in the scope of what I'm doing this week isn't that much. It's not a big deal, but it's that consistency day in day out. Two miles is better than zero miles, and so yeah, there's the metaphor. Oh, 
I'm, I that's that so mindset. good because we do that with writing all the time, don't we, Miss? Yes. Where we think it's all yes. or nothing. Like if I can't sit down in a cabin by a creek for ten hours straight, then it just for doesn't sure. even count as writing. Whereas no, it's writing a page here and there while you're in the car in the pickup line, or while you're waiting at a doc- doctor's office, or you know whatever yeah. the case may be. So mm-hmm. I love it that you did that. Up. Yay. That's an inspiration. Okay. The muscles, like our brain is just like that. You just keep Mm -hmm. those muscles working Mm -hmm. and don't let them forget how to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now think, speaking of inspiration, so you have kind of been my informal life coach, <laughs> even before <laughs> you, even before you decided to formally become a coach. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled just because I just feel from the day I met you, like, this is what you should be doing. Um, so I'm just really curious. So like, that takes a lot of courage to, I mean, it I, I watched it from the background, the decisions mm-hmm. that went into it, but can you kind of talk about like what went into that decision to go and become a certified coach and like, what are even the choices available for people who are maybe thinking about it themselves and don't even know where to start? Mm, yeah, it's been a journey and a journey, honestly, you know, you said since we've known each other, it's been a journey um, on my website. I actually point all the way back to third grade. Oh, um, yeah. I had, I, I had this experience. Tell that kid. story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it, it's surprising to me that this has stuck with me. Like I don't have a lot of clear memories of third grade, but there was a kid in my class who was parents were going through a divorce and, and I was sitting next to him one day and he started kind of spilling his guts about it and just how much it sucked and what he was going through. And, um, I had been through some similar stuff and I just, I just, you know, I, no training as an eight-year-old. I just <laughs> were you certified at this point? I was not certified. I was, uh, and and you know, later in that day, he comes up to me on the playground and he's like, "You know, Cindy. I mean, it's just it's a funny thing for a kid conversation to say, but he just said, right. Cindy, you're really easy to talk to. Thanks.'" And I just remember being like, oh, it just it felt like the most natural thing in the world to me." So, so Suzanne, as you mentioned. Um, when I look at my career trajectory, there's all these kind of parts that seem a little disparate. Like I was teaching outdoor education and I worked as a counselor for a treatment center for teenagers with drug problems. And I uh, worked with college students who had you know, been in violation of university policies. And when I started to you know, piece together during you know, some of my dot, dot, dot searching, um, it was like, what, where are the threads in this? And it has to do with listening and being with a person, you know, through some difficult stuff. And I've always been really comfortable with that. I've had a really high tolerance for that. Like somebody can tell me big stories and big stuff and I can be there with them. And then also I've had people say like, how do you hear all this stuff and then walk away and yeah. go on with your life? And yeah. um, that's, I, I can, I can do both. And so, yeah, so I've been running this medical practice for about eight years. And that has been a huge, that was a huge pivot out of a couple year break when my boys were born. I stayed home with them for almost three years. So definitely relate to a lot of what y'all talk about on this podcast of like, you step out on one career and then now all you're doing is wiping butts and wiping counters and, and you're like, what, what professional wiper. And that's right. Professional wiper. I've heard you say that. And I was like, yeah, that's noses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone needs something white. So, um, so I've been doing that and I certainly have gained incredible skills from that. But even in that role, when I was working in the office, I don't, I don't do that directly anymore, but when I did, 
you know, I remember working with staff and it's like, I cared a lot less about their performance than a staff member who was going through a big life transition or somebody who was sorting out a relationship problem. And so what my office kind of looked like was a little coaching room. <laughs> that's what we did there <laughs> when I worked. Um, so there's been a thread of it forever. And that's, yeah. that's kind of when I started looking for my, my next move, this, this made sense. It's so exciting. Awesome. So now, okay. So where, where does one start when one is trying to decide uh, if they want to be a coach, but then if they just say, yes, for sure, I do want to be a coach. I'm assuming that there's all kinds of different certification yeah. programs based on what area you want to focus mm -hmm. on. I, I'm assuming that I have zero idea. <laughs> I mean, I know what you were focusing yeah. on, but I don't know the wide variety. Yeah, you bet. Um, it, uh, honestly, and I say this with, with all respect, but it, some people refer to the coaching industry as the kind of unregulated wild west. Mm -hmm. And it, it is in some ways, it is a largely unregulated industry. I'm a coach, who could be a coach? We're all coaches, like anyone, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no legal container to, okay. to be able to call yourself a coach, it, it doesn't exist. And there's pros and cons to that, right? Like, so, you know, anyone can be a coach. And so the bar barrier to entry can be a little bit low. So somebody who really has a passion for this and wants to do it, they can get in. Um, and it also means that the quality can vary widely with the amount of training right. someone has and their experience and what kind of certifications they've gone through. But there is an, an international organization called the International Coaching Federation or ICF. And they are the largest organization of coaches. It's a nonprofit group that works to set standards and accreditation. The program that I just finished becoming certified through is an ICF accredited program. So that's, that's a place to start in terms of standards is looking for an ICF accredited program, because that means it's met some basic standards about how much training you've had, how many hours you've been coaching, you know, ethical standards. It's, it's the only organization that you can belong to as a member that enforces ethical standards for coaches. So mm. if I'm a coach and I violate your confidentiality and I'm an ICF member, you can lodge a complaint with the ICF. And that's important from a regulation standpoint, from a safety standpoint. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. yeah. So that's a good place to start is ICF. They accredit it. They accredit, 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 <laughs> accredit, accredit. That's what we're going for. Uh, various coaching programs um, at different levels. And so you can take these training programs. Some programs are ICF accredited, some aren't. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of what the, what the process looks like. You go through one of those programs, you get certified there. And then if you want to go on for an ICF accreditation, that's a separate process than your training process. And so, so you talked about styles, you know, there's, there's, um, yeah. different coaching styles. There's different places that focus on, you know, relationships or money coaching or career coaching or whatever. So really, you know, the sky's the limit. I mean, people, people do. I mean, sexuality work, people do, you know, um, I have a friend who's an ADHD executive function coach for teenagers mm. and college kids. Like, wow, that's fascinating. I have a friend that's a body image coach. Like, you know, the, the, the range is really wide. So how did you pick the program you chose? So um, that's a great question. Um, the program <laughs> I just went through is called the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program. And the director of the program, Kate Swoboda, has been a coach since the mid 2000s or something. She's been around a while. And um, I've been on her mailing list. I don't know how I got on her mailing list originally, but I've been following her for a long time. And she, I just, I liked her vibe. I liked her approach is all about kind of a, a forward leaning positive approach to, to courage and courage is a habit, right? Like mm. that all the things we talk about, about changing our lives or improving or reaching a goal, whatever, like it kind of starts with courage, you know, the courage to name 
what you're after, the courage to tell the truth to yourself, the courage to show up for your habits every day. And so it was an ICF accredited program. And that's something that I knew was important to me, um, especially people who might work in corporate coaching. So that's something that's trending in the world of coaching is corporations actually hiring in-house coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just a staff coach, right? Like on Ted Lasso. What? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Dr. Sharon. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's my uh, frame of reference. <laughs> <laughs> She's an actual licensed psychologist, but same. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you want to do that kind of work, definitely being an ICF accredited coach would be the first step because in the corporate world, they're looking for like, you need to have some certification and that's, that's kind of the one they'd be looking for. Now, how long does that all take then? Yeah, that was, is it, is it a set your own pace based on, you know, if someone is full-time working another job and they're trying to, you know, make little small bites towards it, or is it Mm -hmm. something that if you were full in for, you know, six months, you could just nail it out real fast. Like, how does that work? Yeah. Again, I can't speak to all programs. My program was a set duration of um, 10 months. So we started last January, we finished up this and we're starting to push out graduation announcements this month, which is, which is fun. That's um, fun. So follow the Courageous Living Coach Certification page. I'll be on there soon, um, <laughs> having passed my certification. So ours was 10 months. Um, there, I, the folks in my program, I was working full time and, you know, balancing that and doing the mom thing at the same time. Lots of mm-hmm. folks were. And there's also people who were in transition. Some people have been laid off and they're like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, right. And so that was kind of full time. They kind of dove into it and made it their full time job and variations in between of people who did part time stuff, people who had jobs when the program started and then got laid off during things and things changed. And so 10 months is a long time to go through a cohort yeah. together. So the, these these women that I went through this program together, I mean, we are just we've been through a lot of life together and, and shared a lot of stuff. So it's it's a special thing to get to go through a program yeah. like that with cool people. Yeah, getting to, I mean, coach and be coached by a mm-hmm. group. I mean, that's yeah. a real intimate setting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's amazing. What, how big was that group that you were with or your particular mm-hmm. group of women that you were with? There was about 25 of us in this program. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. did you ever do any, was it in person or was it all? Um, it's designed to have an in-person component, but with the pandemic, we got kind of yeah. So we, our kickoff retreat was supposed to be in person and that became virtual last January. And then we were going to have a makeup retreat. Remember, remember in the summer when like everything was opening up and it was going to be cool. <laughs> that so too gloriously. They, <laughs> yeah. they scheduled the like end of program retreat, which was a new thing. We were going to do that in September and then Delta hit and then so there is currently talk of a uh, a class of 2021 reunion in the spring of 22. You know, yeah. Who knows? In the pandemic world, we all stopped planning so far ahead. We'll oh, yeah. Right. No kidding. So are these people then from all around the country then? International, actually. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I have a classmate in the UK. I have uh, several classmates in Canada. I think I think that's it. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. But yeah. Yeah, it was fast. I mean, just people from all different walks of life, all different ages. I mean, everyone from people in their early 20s to uh, some classmates in their 60s. It's, it was it was fascinating. It was really cool. How yeah. interesting to get so many different perspectives when you're yeah. all, you know, talking about a particular subject. It's just, yeah, it's all different frame of references. Mm-hmm. So cool. So now I have another friend who's gone through a similar process and she had to have like... Um, guinea pigs for lack of a better word but she had to have people go through coaching with her as almost Mm -hmm. I can't think of the word 
been amusing, but it's like, you're not fully certified yet, but you're, mm-hmm. you have to get hours of certified yeah, training, training. You have to log so many hours as a coach. Like, so are you yeah. doing that now? I am doing that. I am doing that. I have about 70 hours under my belt. I needed um, 60 for this program to pass. So, so 60 to finish my program. I've got about 70 now and I need a hundred to get to the ICF uh, to, to jump through that set of hoops. And then there's an exam process and some mentoring I have to do and some other stuff, but yeah. So I'm still, I'm still doing some work with some of my cohort. I've got a couple of clients I work with and I'm looking for folks. I, I mean, right now I'm in the phase of just really kind of coaching anybody. I haven't really gotten to the place of like, I coach this type of woman on this type of issue. Like I've coached people on everything from relationships to substance abuse to, you know, career stuff. Somebody today I was coaching, we were talking about like, you know, making peace with forgiveness and, and, and some stuff that had happened and really kind of exploring her relationship with that. So, I mean, I'm always kind of just humbled and awestruck that the tools of coaching and the process of two people coming together and the alchemy of that, like two people coming together to focus on one person, right? Like, and to just ask questions and kind of walk a trail together and, um, you know, unpeel layers. Coaching is a subtractive process. It's, we're, we're moving stuff out of the way that's, that's between you and your path, your whatever goal, is, your, whatever that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, in a world where we all have too much stuff to do, right? Like coaching right? is not about like, let's kick your ass and let's do this and let's you know, set some big goals <laughs> and whatever. It's more like, how do we peel away what's not you? Like, how do we, how do we really look at, get down to the, like what matters? And once you have that yeah. alignment, things get easier. And we live in a culture yeah. that isn't it's like slap a new routine on and try this and go to the mm-hmm. gym more. And like, I mean, who do you know that isn't breaking under the weight of the schedules right now? Right. Like everyone. Right. Nobody. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So yeah, now you we met- are a culture of, I'm sorry. We always do that. That's okay. Um, you go. I was just saying we are a culture of excess and add-ons. Mm-hmm. The idea of taking away is sort of scary. I think to people when you start talking mm-hmm. about like, what can you let go We interviewed someone this week and the episode's upcoming, but without giving spoilers, one of the things she talked to us about was identify the stuff you don't have to do. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. Women, especially, we're like, well, well, there's nothing. I have to do Mm -hmm. all of it. Just mm-hmm. false. That's a falsehood. But yeah, getting right. people to that point to see it is tough. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's something we talked about in, in the intro was, was the stories we tell ourselves, right? Like, and really just having having a coach near you to say, "Is that true? Is that mm-hmm. true? You can't let that go." Like, let's 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 kick that around in a really supportive, empathetic like container. But to say, "Let's check that out. Let's kick that around a little bit. Let's kick the tires and see. Is that really true? What does that look like? Well, yeah. What if?" let's imagine, let's do it. Let's do some imagining what would happen. And, and yeah, that's, that's usually our egos, you know, trying to hold on to like, yeah, but I'm important and I'm, I'm giving in my community and I'm this kind of mom, I'm this kind of worker, I'm this kind of whatever. And, and the fear is if I let that go, who am I going to be? Yes. Whoa. That should be our tagline. That's our tagline. My goodness. (laughs) Tough one, man. You see why? I mean, when I come back from coffee with Cindy, it's like, I got some stuff to think through. (laughs) She has me some tough questions up on the paddleboard. I don't know the answers. I don't know. (laughs) No, but there are. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Now this is, this is kind of separate from coaching, but we kind of alluded to it when we were talking about Ted Lasso and the difference between the coach and someone mm. who is a psychologist therapy, or yeah. therapy or whatever. And so if this is out of your wheelhouse or just not anything that you feel comfortable talking about, just let me know. But I am curious for people who are trying to decide, Mm-hmm. Do I need a coach or do I need to go to therapy? Like, sure. is is there, you know, kind of some boxes they should check off to decide one versus the other? Absolutely. We love checklists. I know. Love I, love checklists. Che- I love checklists too. <laughs> um, no, this is absolutely. And as, as part of coach training, any good program should be helping the trainees understand where those lines are and where those boundaries are. Um, so that, yeah, that's super important. And my take on it is that, you know, coaching and therapy, they're in the same wheelhouse, right? Like it's all about talking with, it looks a lot the same, right? Like it's two people having an intimate conversation, right? Like at at the end of the day, there's a lot of things in common. There are some bright line differences, but that we can talk about things like, um, you know, mental illness, right? If somebody has an active diagnosis, if somebody is actively struggling with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, things that would qualify in the DSM as actual diagnoses that are actively hurting or impacting your quality of life, you should probably be hanging out with a therapist, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's that. So, you know, you're dealing with mental illness and what else, you know, things like trauma, right? Like coaches, uh, coaches should probably stay away from trauma. And when you look at the ethical standards of the ICF, it, it is pretty clear about that, right? We start talking about really going deep with trauma issues. That's, that's, that's out of the wheelhouse of where a coach should be hanging out. Um, I think when you think about coaching, you can think about it in some ways as kind of a paraprofessional to therapy, right? So you have paraprofessional teachers, you have paraprofessional medical staff. Not everyone who goes to therapy is struggling with a real active diagnosis. A lot of folks who go to therapy have a diagnosis that's kind of in the, in the therapy world is known as um, adjustment disorder. And not that it's a yeah. throwaway diagnosis, but it's kind of the no, one when somebody's right. in therapy and adjustment disorder just kind of looks at like, regular people dealing with regular people problems, right? You're Mm -hmm. adjusting to your role as a mom, you're adjusting to a divorce, you're adjusting to a new job and you're having a hard time, right? And that, so someone who's kind of in that camp, who is not struggling with mental health issues, somebody who's dealing with regular life problems and they, you know, they feel stuck, they feel frustrated, they feel like they're not sure what their next step should be. You know, do I stay in the relationship? Do I leave? Things feel kind of not depressed, but maybe things feel kind of gray, you know? And I'm looking, like, I remember a time when my life felt more colorful than this. What's, mm-hmm. what's going on? That would be stuff that'd be good for coach. So I kind of think about it as like Venn diagrams, right? Like you've got two circles, you've got, you know, the, the therapy circle and the coaching third circle. The truth is a lot of folks could do well in either. Right. Um, yeah. Does that help? Is that kind yeah, of, yeah, that, that helps is a lot. Yeah. And do really people does. do them at the same time a lot? Or is it one of those things like you should probably go do your therapy and then enter coaching or can they work together? That's a great question. Before I did this program, I wasn't really familiar with that, but actually I've seen in my program, I've seen a lot of people do that successfully together. So somebody who maybe has some traumatic stuff from their childhood, right, that they want to be dealing with, or, you know, a mood disorder or some stuff, you know, maybe they're on some medication or whatever, but they're actively working with a therapist. It's going well, and they're interested in coaching to kind of explore a more specific a career decision or, I mean, 
whatever, I mean, coaching can, can really be about anything, but yeah, they absolutely can work hand in hand. And, and, and there's some best practices with, you know, a therapist and a coach possibly even having communication and the consent required to, oh. to have that thing. So yeah, that oh. actually isn't as uncommon as you might think. There are people who I coach who also have a therapist and, you know, kind of with the therapist, they, they kind of focus on a different set of things. And then in coaching, we do what we do. So. Yeah. I know personally, when I went through some coaching, it unlocked some stuff that I did not realize was there and required some therapy. Mm, good. Right. Did the coach I, help you get there? Help you kind of go, Ooh, we need to. Yeah. Some of the questions she was asking, they were helping me get unstuck at a certain point in my life. And really it was around my physical health had suffered because my mental health had kind of been for a while. Mm -hmm. And she was, she's an athlete and she was helping me get back and find some of that. And but in the process of asking questions about my limiting beliefs, like what mm -hmm. was it that was stopping me? I kind of went back and thought, I need to go deeper on some of these mm -hmm. things. I, my limiting beliefs don't just extend to my ability to do squats or run a mile. Like there's more <laughs> there. And yeah. so I had already had a relationship with a therapist, but I scheduled an appointment to go back and see her and dive into some other stuff because of some of the things that came up in our coaching session. And my, the woman who was coaching me said, I am not a therapist. Like I am not qualified mm -hmm. to offer you therapy. That's not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Good for her. Then, good for yeah, her. Yeah. She did a good job. Of good ethics. Yeah. And we mm -hmm. had, because we had a friend relationship as well. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'd love to dive in this with you. Like, I really would love to talk through it with <laughs> you, but that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. And if you have a therapist, let's go there. Let's go there. Yeah, that would be better suited for there. Man, yeah. that's that's a cool experience. And not surprising at all, like how how beautiful that these things were showing up, you know, showed up in your yeah. body, showed up in your mental health. And then you started peeling back the layers and then like, oh, look, we have more here than we thought. Like, yeah, on, yeah. it takes somebody to ask the right questions. And sometimes mm -hmm. you can't ask yourself those questions for whatever reason, like they're in you somewhere, but you can't muster up the gumption and be like, here's what I really need to ask myself and having a coach to sit across <laughs> from you and say, well, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, why that? Let's go to the next step. And, and to not let you cheat out of the question either. Because mm -hmm. oh, I'm a big cheater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this concept of the compassionate witness, right? Like the compassionate yeah. witness and having another, another heart, another mind looking at a situation. And, and so what's funny is this happens all the time when coaches are coaching other coaches Oh, um, and, and, you know, and sometimes I'll have a fellow coach ask me a question that just, as soon as they say it, it's just so flippant, obvious, like, oh, right, right. Like, and, you know, why didn't I see that? Right. I have the same mm -hmm. set of tools you do to ask these same questions, to be curious in the same ways. And they can see something that I can't see. Right. So that's incredibly human to say like, yeah, why didn't I, why couldn't I just self-coach my way through that? Mm, yeah, coaching, coaching yeah. is a co-created process. Yes. It's a process of, and that intimacy, and again, the two energies coming together and, and saying, we're going to go into your inner world for a little bit. Let's, let's go, let's go kick the ball around there and see what happens. Yeah. It's kind of beautiful. So, and another person's not, doesn't always have that fear. There's that level mm -hmm. of fear to all of us. We're like, if I ask the question, then I have to answer it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I might not like the answer, almost guaranteed in my case, I almost never like the answer. Yeah. And so... <laughs> That's scary. And they don't have your stories. Yeah. They don't mm -hmm. have your, their, your beliefs. They don't have your story. So they say, what, what, you know, why? there's a coaching technique of called the five whys, right? And we go, 
okay, why is that? And they answer him, okay, why is that? And we keep going and you get down and it's like, uh, oftentimes it comes down to like, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be a bag lady. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be destroyed. I'll be, I'll die. Right. When we get down to the fifth, why, why is that a problem? Why is that bothering you? And you get down. It's like, ultimately what we're starting to talk about, like some really core issues as humans feeling afraid of, if I don't have these things, who am I? I'll die. And, you know, and once you can, can wrap your arms around that and you go, Oh, is that true? Am I going to actually die? And you start backing it up and go, Oh, I could make a different decision here. I wouldn't die. Like I might have to change something. I might have to re-examine something. I might have to set a boundary in my life. I might have to whatever, but it's not going to be the end of the world. Mm -hmm. It might be hard, but then Mm -hmm. I'm not going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So now one of the things that we're hoping to encourage people, we are coming around to the new years, which I can't even believe that I'm saying that. I mean, it's, it's November, but you know, I want to at least get that seed in people's head. So as they do get closer to the new year's resolutions and all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff is usually is stuff that people do for like two weeks and then they're done with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do really think after a year of interviewing coaches that there's so much benefit, even for, we had our, one of our way back when conversations with, with KJ Delantonia mm-hmm. and it wasn't life coaching, but it was book coaching. Yep. She mm-hmm. was the editor of the New York times. Well, family page, she had written a book, but it was a nonfiction book and she needed a coach to help her through the fiction one. Mm-hmm. I need quote unquote, but she benefited so greatly helpful, yeah. from having a, a coach to help her with mm-hmm. that. And I just, that just meant so much to me again, from the writer's world of <laughs> even pros can benefit from a coach. Like you were saying, you being mm-hmm. coached by other coaches, mm-hmm. they can still mm-hmm. find something that maybe you weren't able to find for yourself as a professional sure. coach. So mm-hmm. we are just trying to, I don't know if there's a stigma attached to it, or sometimes as women, we don't think that we're worth it because there is a price tag associated mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. it. So we're yeah. trying to kick all that to the side and get people through as many as many excuses as we can get through <laughs> for people to not be looking for the help of a coach. And one of the things that I really believe strongly is that some of the most simple things can be really intimidating. Like when I used to try to get people to go to the school board meetings, mm-hmm. just even telling people here, you know, here's a picture of the parking lot. Here's right. the area where you will park. Yes. This is the building you will go to when you get there. I'm talking the, to my you, husband, that's the information he needs. To go <laughs> uh-huh. like, yes. He wants to know where we're going to park uh-huh. and exactly yes. how it's going to work. Yes. Yeah. Who the host is at the restaurant would help him a lot. Like he really <laughs> wants all <laughs> the information to go. <laughs> well, no, we talked about this with Cindy and my stand up mm-hmm. paddle boarding. I mean, talk about the universe telling you that mm-hmm. it's time to do something. The week before Cindy even reached out of the blue, it was like, hey, you want to go stand up paddle boarding? This isn't something that we had been talking about. No, but hadn't. I had I didn't been... even know if you had any. any no. I, mean, I was fully it, ready it, for you to be like, what are you talking about? No. It, It was so weird because my daughter Zoe and I had been talking about it for months leading up to that. Mm -hmm. And I finally got to the point where like, I'm stalling enough. Zoe's going to think I'm crazy. Like, why haven't (laughs) we signed up to do this? And it was seriously the point of like, I'm going to put myself in the position. I'm going to act as if I am a stand-up paddleboarder. What would be the first thing that I do? 
I would probably have to park my car. <laughs> so it was just, mm -hmm. it was literally the act of like, where would one park if one was going to go stand up paddleboarding? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I parked so I can do that. And so I do think that there are people there. Are, hopefully there are others like me and I'm not the only one who feels this oh, way. There are a lot like you. Yeah. But yeah. so it, let's pretend instead of stand up paddleboarding, it is going to see a coach. So what are those <laughs> things, you know, yeah. what is the equivalent of finding the parking space to go mm -hmm. to be a, with a coach? Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm assuming someone starts by going to your website yes. and reaching out. What would be the proper thing for someone to say who feels like they're already just asking the coach wrong like yes, what yes. they need to give you a 10 page you know breakdown mm -hmm. of what they think their problem is or do they just need to be hi my name mm -hmm. is Suzanne I what is your availability <laughs> like yes, yes. <laughs> I would I would can I can I give you I have two thoughts about that yeah. back up just a second about this like who needs a coach and like the stigma issue and and the first one is kind of from an athletic point of view like we're all familiar with the idea that the best basketball players in the world have a coach. Mm -hmm. Yes. The soccer players on Ted Lasso have Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> you know, the gymnasts have a coach. You know, we're all used to the idea that in athletics, there's a coach. I, you know, I've been a runner since, I don't know, middle school, middle school. Oh, wow. I've been a runner um, in some form or fashion, mostly recreational, mostly slow. And I, and I have a coach here, here in Austin. I'm part of a, a running group and I, and I pay a coach and I, you know, do I know the basic workouts that we do? I do. Do I know how much mileage I need to run to run and half? I do. I know all that stuff. And does having a coach there to guide me, to keep me on track, to ask questions when, um, you know, I've got a race coming up this weekend and we had a workout tomorrow morning. I'm like, ah, do you want me to do this one or this one? Like, which one would be better for me? And I can bounce it off of him. And he, he keeps his eye on the big picture while I'm stuck in traffic. And that's what I think a coach is about. So from an athletic point of view, the coach keeps the, keeps the high level view mm -hmm. while you're driving through town. And the coach is like, you know what? You're good. Hang in there. In about five minutes, you're going to be in a clear. It's good. It's good. You know, like a coach can have that perspective. So from yeah. yes. an athletic point of view, I think that's a, a really lovely way to think about destigmatizing coaching, right? Like all kinds of high-performing people have coach. Executives hire coaches all the time, vice presidents. Yep. All those kind of people have coaches. So there's that. And then the other thing that kind of came to my mind about coaching that I wanted to bring up is there's a deeply feminine tradition around coaching, the kind of feminine wisdom that in a mm. more tribal society, right, a more intact society where we're not all alone in our little boxes, alone with our little white bees um, doing this mothering thing, where, where there would be that kind of coaching energy, right? Like the elder women in the tribe would be there to, to go ask those questions of, to say, you know, God, what's important to me here? What should I be thinking about? Hmm, I have this decision to make and I feel really torn about it. Like, what does that look like? Or I'm totally overwhelmed, right? There was, there was that wisdom collective that, that would exist. And it's a very feminine kind of thing of yeah. people coming together. And one of, one of my coaches said to me one time, you know, in other times, you know, I would just be like your cool, wise aunt. And like, you would bring me a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Like it's that kind of like co-created. We're in this together. We're, we're all the same. Your coach is not a guru. Your coach doesn't have all the answers. They're just somebody who maybe sits in a place of non-judgment and can ask good questions, right? Like who might have some wisdom having walked that trail before, right? And so just two different ways of thinking about it, about why everyone needs a coach, everybody, everybody can benefit from this. This is just really about like 
finding more of who you are and affirming that and, and, and moving forward in life in a way that feels good. So, so there's that. So how do you get started? What does that look like? Um, you know, again, every coach is kind of different. There are coaches you have to apply to work with and there's, you know, things you go through. Most coaches, what it looks like is some variation of you make contact with them, whether that's on their website, you shoot them an email. Um, most coaches offer some form of a, a what's known as a discovery call, an intro call, usually complimentary 15 to 30 minutes or so, where we just get to know each other. We kind of, you know, what's going on for you? What's, Martha Beck is a well-known coach and she kind of has a question of like, so what sucks? Like, what sucks? <laughs> <laughs> what could be better? Um, in her life, Missy, like, <laughs> almost spit something out. <laughs> Uh, yes, almost spit my bourbon a little bit. But I love that. I love that. Whatever is broken in me, like love starting with the what sucks. That what should sucks, be our right? new look, look, listen, learn. Instead of look, listen, learn, we're just going to be like, okay, what sucks? What sucks? What sucks? Oh, I kind what of sucks? like it. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's where we start. I mean, again, coaching is kind of a, a, a strengths based approach. So, like, you may be rocking your workout routine and that's great. You don't need to talk about that with me. Like what's mm -mm. sucking? Is your career kind of feeling stuck? Is your, like, whatever it is, like, that's where we need to go. We don't need to like, you know, I mean, I'll cheer you on. I'm glad to hear things are going well, but like we come together to like improve what's sucking. Right. So, mm -hmm. so the discovery call kind of looks like that. What sucks? What's going on? What's your situation? What are you looking for? Um, there are in coaching. Sometimes we talk about kind of a primary focus of like, in the course of X amount of time, three, six months, something like that, where do you want to be? Well, I want to, I want to feel not stuck in this career. I want to make a decision about staying in my marriage or not. I want to, uh, I want to not feel so overwhelmed and stressed all the time, right? Like that's kind of a primary focus. And then on any given session, we kind of have a focus that for that day, right? Like, so, so what's going on related to that, that today is going to kind of help peel that onion a little bit. Like, where are we going towards, you know, working on overwhelm, right? Like overwhelm is your thing. Okay. What's going on for you around that this week? What can we do to move the ball down the field just a little bit um, in this session? So, yeah, so it's really a pretty organic process. It's um, some coaches work on packages where you buy, you know, three months, six months, one month, whatever, you know, packages and you pay up front. Some coaches are more session by session or month by month. You just want to get to know the coach and really look at, mm -hmm. you know, what does their social media look like? What does their writing look like? You know, have you heard them on podcasts? Like, do you vibe with yeah. their way of being in the world? Right. Cause it's, it's pretty intimate. Like you, you need to have that chemistry and that energy together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing there's a lot of gut, a gut feel. Mm -hmm. if, yeah. if, just listen to yourself and be like, does this feel right? Right. You well, know, like, when you example, meet somebody out in the world, you're like, we're going to be friends. Like <laughs> I was just telling Cindy before we started, when Suzanne and I met, we roomed at a conference and it was like, we're going to be all right. Like we're going to make it. We're going to be friends. We can yeah. room together. This is good. You have a gut feel. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same with, it's the same with if you, you go to a doctor and you're like, I didn't like their bedside manner. You just yeah. know. So if you're vibing with that coach, then mm -hmm. listen to yourself. Or if you're not, listen to yourself. Yeah. There's also styles of what you're looking for. So there are folks who right. put themselves out there as kind of an accountability coach, kind of a, I'm here to help you make change and kick your butt. And like, we're going to, I'm going to hold you accountable and that kind of thing. If somebody really was looking for that type of coaching, they would be a terrible fit for me because I'm a lot more interested in like, who are you in the world? Like, how do you move in the world? Like, what's your state of being? What's your state of your relationship to yourself, right? In those quiet moments, are you at peace? Like, are we, like that kind of stuff. And so if somebody wants kind of kick my ass, I want to go take on the world coaching, like 
there are a lot of coaches who would love to do that. I, I'm not going to be a good fit for that person. Right. Yeah. So really like check out what somebody says about their themselves on their website and believe them. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And figure out kind of what you want mm-hmm. out of the process. Yeah. Is there like a check? I'm sure you could just Google it, like a checklist of questions to ask a coach or to ask yourself about your interaction with that coach to see if they're going to be a good fit. People should probably use that when going out on dates as well (laughs) and just interacting with other humans. That's that's so sexy. That's just romantic. All right. So that's why I don't go out on dates. (laughs) Well, that and you're married. I don't know. That's great. Um, I don't, I don't know of a formal checklist, but what Missy, what you just said, I think that's, that's the best advice I would give is, you know, which also would apply on a date is the question of kind of how did you feel while you were talking to that person? Mm -hmm. Did you feel more like yourself? Did you feel heard? Did you feel like the questions kind of resonated? Like those are the questions you need to hear, even if they were a little hard to hear, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's kind of that gut check of like, did, did I feel like myself with this person? Cause yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of big work with them. So um, yeah, that's, that's important. I don't know of any checklist, but yeah, maybe somebody should write one. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Hey, I think you just did. Those are, I mean, those yeah. are just, those, those initial questions. few questions I think would be really good. Yeah. Um, you know, I was in my, my first blog post once I start. You know, <laughs> <blogging>. <laughs> there you go. I think I was in my forties before I really realized it was okay to not feel that vibe and connection with anyone I considered a professional. So mm-hmm. if I'd gone to like, for example, I went to a therapist for a while that had some wonderful qualities and she helped me with a, like a big moment in my life that I needed to get past. But we reached a point where I realized she was not asking the right questions mm-hmm. and she did not get where I was coming from and we needed to part ways. It was painful for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm leading up to a question, although I haven't quite formulated it yet, but if somebody is not ready to trust their gut, I think something like a checklist is a good idea, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I was, I think what I'm wondering is say someone gets two or three sessions down the road and you realize you're just not, mm-hmm. do they need to be afraid of saying this isn't working or is it just, it's okay to yeah. move on and try the next coach? So, so two things on that. The first one I'd say is absolutely. Yeah, you know, if it's not a good fit in the coaching relationship, you're not going to be able to, to meet the goals that, that you're trying to get to. So yeah, absolutely. You need to say that it's part of knowing yourself and if your gut feels bad to give voice to that, right? And that yeah. that, that practice of self-trust that you just talked about, like that's part yeah. of becoming who you are, part of becoming an adult. Um, and that's that's a really important step. That being said, there there is there is an aspect of kind of resistance that can come up as well in coaching. And Mm -hmm. so the one thing I'd say is you might want to check it out. Like, is it that I'm hitting this, this because I really, like, I kind of have a love hate relationship with what I'm trying to progress on. Right. right? Am I really ready to do it? And, and, and also I would say this, if you're not ready, you're not ready. Like that's okay too. Right. So yeah. um, One, one of the coaches that I've worked with who helped me get started on this path, she said, you know, I, I don't want anybody here who doesn't want to be here. Like I would never hold somebody in a, in a package or in a something because I, you know, right. Like that's just, it's kind of at odds with, with coaching. So with the caveat of checking it out for yourself, is it resistance? Is it that I'm, I'm scared to change and I'm kind of blaming the coach. Mm-hmm. You just would want to check that out for yourself. And again, nobody can tell you that, but you, you know, like right. your wisdom of, 
God, you know, the, the, this isn't this isn't getting me to the place I need to be in the way that it, it was for a while. It reminds me of the first time you find out that you could not like a doctor, you know, like that you right. can be oh, in a doctor's I office. Think and that was an option. Right, yeah. right. I totally hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, I didn't drive with them. And I remember somebody said that to me in my 30s, and they were like, well, you can just go to a different doctor. And I was like, what? <laughs> you do that? What? Yeah, they're like it's called a second opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, same. I mean, I was in my forties before. I was like, I don't like that guy. I'm yeah. out. Amen. But it was hard to do, and I still feel like I owe him some explanation. <laughs> I do not. I <laughs> fired a doctor. He was so horrible to me. Like it became almost a joke. Like three visits in a row, and finally one time, I think was I pregnant or I had just had my son. And I had a reaction to shrimp and I was covered in welts, mm-hmm. hormonal, a mess. I call and like, this is going on. And he was like, oh, we'll go take some Benadryl and, you know, go to bed. He's like, uh, are you able to breathe? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, then you're okay. And I was just like, no. no. And I was I'm not so usually high. covered in hives. So I'm going to say I'm not already. Like I, I couldn't think about it then but then the next day i just called up the office and i was like i just need to let you know that was not cool i did not appreciate that i'm sure that you as a doctor see like things that are a million times worse than this Mm -hmm. but as you know the mom of a newborn who's covered in hives and hormonal like you need to read the room mister and (laughs) (laughs) but no and all it would have taken was a drop of empathy like a, a drop yes. of empathy, empathy. or oh, or gosh. a drop of courage in the previous three times that he's the same doctor who when my knee hurt had me sit down oh. and did the, did the leg wiggle yeah. and made my thighs go blurp, blurp. and then he's like yeah that's why your knee hurts i'm like i hate you <laughs> <laughs> i should have known make my thighs jiggle he's also the one that when i went in when i was starting to have anxiety attacks while driving was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, uh, this is a half hour appointment. And I think your problem is that you need to do immersion therapy. So just go drive for a half hour. And I was like, I have panic attacks when I drive. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, yeah, but you'll work through it by doing it. Um, and no one's expecting you home for a half hour because you blocked out a half hour for this appointment. So go drive for a half hour. So essentially get out of my room <laughs> and go driving <laughs> thousands pound machinery he's while you're panicking worst. he's the worst i wish i remembered his name so i could warn everybody in ballard ballard uh seattle washington oh yeah he's not here oh he's the worst. no he's not in austin but anyway so yes listen to your gut that is breathtaking <laughs> suzanne that is you, you needed a coach to help guide you through that experience I to be like do. does this feel right to you does this i need a right? medical coat you know what i have a friend who actually does she's a medical advocate and she will go mm. along with you to your medical appointments That's primarily for people who are elderly and don't have like a mm-hmm. someone to go with them um i was but thinking I could, about that this week I it's total bunny trail but i have a friend who's dealing with some stuff with her parents and of course the permanent doubter in my head was like i don't know if i'm gonna be able when it's time I want someone to go with me. Uh, I'll hook you up with Belinda. I'll hook you up with Belinda. She's a medical advocate and just started her own practice. I just want to start hanging out with her now just to get me ready. (laughs) (laughs) She's fun. See, yeah, I'm just going to start bringing, I just have the most amazing friends. You do. You attract, you attract that, Suzanne. You are an interesting person and you just, you just bring these interesting, I mean, you're a, you're a magnet for this stuff. Oh, well, I'm glad I magnetized you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. Me too. I was just thinking about the, the bunny trail you just went down about the, the medical advocates. One of the things that I think is really fascinating just personally is there are like death coaches. Mm-hmm. There are people who their whole work is to assist families with the process of, of letting someone go. And I just yes. think like, what kind of holy work is that? Like, oh, intimate, beautiful, like, but think about all the little things you don't know. You've never been through, you, you hire doulas and yeah. support and stuff to yep. give birth. Like, why wouldn't we have that when on the way out, right? Like it makes sense. And so just, yep. you know, an example of how wide coaching can be, there are people who help coach families through that process. Yeah. I had a friend who was talking about doing that the other night. And I think that's so beautiful because as someone who has lived through working with hospice, uh, dealing with a relative going through hospice, um, there, as in any other profession, there's a whole wide variety of levels of hospice workers. For the most part, I mean, they are angels on earth. And I think actually for the most part, like 99.9% of them are, but they, it's so much a part of their regular life, kind of like the doctor who was not impressed by the fact that I had hives <laughs> from shrimp. So they almost become not numb to it, but they are just, this is just par for the course. This is just what happens every day. And so they can almost become a little too matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Um And part of it is probably for their own self-survival that they have to do that. They cannot become, you know, a puddle every time they have to explain the bag of stuff that they are giving someone who is working through that. Um, But I think that people who are specially trained, uh, uh, the friend who mentioned it the other night called it a death doula, um, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that is the industry standard or if it's a particular level of coach, but I do think there probably is kind of maybe a little bit more of the empathy and Mm -hmm. the, the sensitivity around it probably more than what you get, you know, covered by insurance in terms of, right. again, angels on earth, these hospice workers, what they are able to do. Um, but, you know, they're, they're a little bit more medical versus kind of the coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking at the two different levels of it. So I do think, I think that's amazing that that exists and mm-hmm. what a gift to give not only the person who is the patient, but their, their family, friends, and everyone right. around them is what a, uh, special special it kind of goes back to what cindy was saying earlier about in a different time we would have lived in a community with our Mm -hmm. elders Mm -hmm. and y'all are lucky i'm not wiping mascara off my face because that almost made me cry because we are missing that the way our lives Mm -hmm. are now Mm -hmm. and just the way we the ages we are when we start to have children and it's just everything is different now in the way we live our lives and where we move and all of it Mm -hmm. we're just much more mobile and much more alone and much more alone and Mm -hmm. you would have someone to say this is what death looks like Mm -hmm. this is how it's going to go and you know these are the things that could happen and a lot of us don't have somebody in our life to say that Mm -hmm. now and so, yeah, it's just amazing. There are coaches, there's coaches for everything you need. And I feel like that's how we rebuild our community is having mm-hmm. a coach to walk us through it. And then maybe we give the gift of passing that knowledge on sometime. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, the idea of one person heals, that it heals the community, but it also heals generations, you know, generations. like 
generations. That's what we're talking about here. And you think about in the death process, you talked earlier about, you know, you started peeling back and then like, oh, look, there's more there. <laughs> what happens in family units at the time of death when somebody's, um, you know, in the process of dying, right? What happens? Families tend to erupt, right? Like yeah. There's all kinds of unspoken things that have been buried and put away <laughs> in the closets and this starts tumbling out, right? Like, I, yeah. you know, so the idea of having someone there to help a family navigate that, that's so, that's so cool. Yeah. And in, ev- and in any level of coaching, talk about generationally, you are only going to learn wonderful things to, you know, live by example and to pass on to your own kids Mm -hmm. and to model that behavior and that Mm -hmm. way of thinking through problems so that I, I, I would venture to guess that your goal would be to be able to put all coaches out of business. Like, so like if if people could handle this on their own, that would be, I know you from a loving place would love for everybody to be able to just kind of handle this on their own. But the fact is, even based on I, what we know Tiger about the world Woods that's never happening <laughs> right, no. right right and the condition of being human right like yeah. there's always yeah. like, even if we could even if we could heal the kind of suffering that people have now the isolation the overwork the stress like whatever whatever that looks like let's say we let's say we could magically heal that right then what right the yeah. condition of being human it's means always that there would be there would be a different level of meaning making and you know, pursuit of pleasure and joy. And like, what does that mean? What does that look like? What's productivity look like in a healthy society, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, I don't think there is an end to it. Like, it's yeah. not like you're going to coaching because you're broken. You're going to coaching because you're human, right? Like it's yeah. a process of evolving. And, and I think that's, you know, we talked earlier about the difference between coaching and therapy. Really coaching is based on the idea of clients are, you know, resourceful, they're creative, they're whole already. Like they don't need, they don't, they're not broken. Right. And that when you really look at the roots of of therapy, it's based in the medical model of like a diagnosis and that there was a a professional who knew more and, you know, treated and and hierarchy, right? The doctor knew. So, so coaching is just a much more flat level egalitarian. Like we're all in this together. We're all human. We're all walking the same messy path. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And the idea, I mean, one of the things that holds coaches back is a lot of coaches are like, I can't be a coach until my life is perfect. Right. Like I, who could I help? And, and really working through that limiting belief, right? Like the idea that my life has to be perfect in order to ask you thoughtful questions about yours. I'm not judging, right? Like it's, it's, right. it's all done in a container of empathy and humanness and my struggles are your struggles. We're all in this together. Oh, I love that. I love it. I feel like that's a good place to that is, that tie is. our bow. <laughs> I know that does tie a bow. But before we tie a bow, where can mm-hmm. people find yes. you? Because you are, you need some hours, right? You need I some do. people to help finish <laughs> up that accreditation. So I let's... need it on several levels because I need the hours. But honestly, I need it because coaching is the most fun thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> it is my favorite thing. When I go through a morning and all I've done is, is coach, I get to lunch and I'm like, do, 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 do. Like I do, it's so energizing. It's just my favorite thing in the world. So, um, so come hang out yeah. with me. Man. It's great. Um, I, I just created my first website ever, which, um, was terrifying and scary and fun. And it's my first stab at putting myself publicly out there in the world. So I used inspiration from Suzanne, who has made a thousand websites and knows all about putting <laughs> herself out there. Um, so I'm at cindywhitesides.com. I was able to get my name and a little bit of information about me. And there's a contact form and the let's chat button it gets over to my scheduler um and we can do oh there it is 
Um, and we can do a, I've got a 20 minute call where we can just talk and see if it's a good fit. It's not a sales call because I don't even know what that looks like. Um, I'm just, I just love hanging out with cool people and talking about stuff. If we're a good fit, then we'll move forward. And right now I'm doing coaching for 50 bucks an hour until I get my certification and then we'll do that. So it's a good deal if you've been wanting to dip your toe in the water and kind of yeah. check it out. Um, I'd love to, love to talk to folks. That is a good deal. Yeah, it is a good deal. It's a good deal. I'm like, hmm, maybe. I know exactly. <laughs> Although I can, I kind of trick her into coaching me sometimes over a Starbucks hot cocoa. But... <laughs> I, I am currently plied with coffee and scones. That does happen time to time. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so amazing. Now, I feel like people have got to know you, uh, you know, around your professional coaching, Cindy, but we mm. like to do our look, listen, learns to learn a little bit more about you outside of the yes. professional realm. And I know that you are a listener. So usually one of us will start just in case the guest has not listened before. <laughs> yeah. But since, since you're a pro, have you been look, listen, learning anything this week? Cindy? I have. I have. And I was uh, adequately warned and prepared as a listener <laughs> and a friend. So thank you. Um, it's funny because we've mentioned Ted Lasso many times. And I just feel like that's such a cultural touchstone right now. This show about like positive masculinity and kindness and, and women supporting each other in this cool way you don't always see on TV. So um, lately I've been calling Ted Lasso repeat on repeat my emotional support TV show, like an emotional support animal. Yeah. Um, like when I'm feeling like the world is just too much, it's like I just go curl up under a blanket with Ted Lasso. And it's, it's so, <laughs> so, so there's that. That's my look. Yes. Um, my listen is something that actually I really nerd out about is, and we haven't touched on today, but it's another pet project of mine is, um, empowering women around money. Um, I've been the CFO of this Ooh. medical practice for eight years and I've learned a lot about our money stories. I, again, this all falls under coaching, but our money stories and our beliefs around money. Um, and there's a podcast I love listening to. It's called beginning balance. And it's by the founder of this software called you need a budget. Um, so the beginning balance website is my favorite website to, they just nerd out about business money issues, but really it's all about intentionality with your money, um, whether it's business or personal and really getting to know your money, being intimate with your money, knowing your intentions behind what you're doing with your money. Um, and as somebody who's gone from like being terrified of like, you know, my modest state salary I used to have, like that used to be intimidating to me and now running yeah. a multi-million dollar business. And, and now I just, I deal in large amounts of money. I just learned a lot about like how you see your money and like how you relate to it really matters. So mm. uh, beginning balance is my new podcast crush and I've been doing that. Oh, I'm totally going to oh, check that out because yeah, I know that you talked about that, the whole philosophy behind mm -hmm. um, the, the budgeting mentality and having these kind of silos of money for special. So nothing's mm -hmm. ever a surprise, basically. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The known unknowns. Like we all walk around with our money. Like, like you're never going to need new tires again. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> never going to have an air conditioner break. Like, mm -hmm. of course you are. Those are known unknowns. You know that they're going to happen. You don't know when or how much, right. but. That's you know common. it's coming. Like, right. And so we all treat it like yeah. it's an emergency, right? Like, holy shit, my water heater went out. Like, of course your water heater went out. Like, was that a surprise? Like, <laughs> um, and 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 just in shifting our relationship with money from one of being really reactive to, to being more proactive about it. But here's my really exciting one on look, listen, learn. Here's what I'm learning about. My family has been selected to be a Nielsen household. <gasps> so we're gonna get to carry these little uh beeper things. 
and we're going to yeah. get to uh, inform the world of our viewing choices. I don't know. I don't How know. How does that work oh now? Because we did that way back in the dark ages. Like, uh -huh. oh my gosh, probably 20 plus years ago. Right. So it was very different. Like you had like a special box you put on your TV and yeah, oh, yeah that no, way. it's like it's essentially kind of a pager like like a small thing that you kind of keep you can keep it in your purse or keep it in the kid's backpack or whatever and then there's some devices that are in your house that help tease out you know like if the whole family's watching together it doesn't count five times oh, like uh -huh. whatever I don't know all about it, but um, I feel weirdly powerful with this. Like, we will be listening to a lot of NPR. Oh, I was going to yeah, say, take saying. down Fox News. Take down that's, Fox News. That's exactly where I'm going. Yes. That's important to me. So <laughs> that's my learn this week. I'm learning how to be a Nielsen household. Oh my gosh, oh, it's so fun. You are fascinating. <laughs> I used to use that data because I used to be a media planner back in my advertising days. Yeah, my first right. advertising days. And yeah, it does come in handy yeah. for when you're trying to decide, like, is anybody actually watching that show? Do I want to pay to, you know, advertise there if no one's watching it? So yeah, max out on your NPR and just... <laughs> totally will. <laughs> yeah, and your Ted Lasso. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we want more Ted Lasso in our life. That's right. We want more content like that. Ted. Okay, Missy, what do you look, listen, learning? Um, well, as I said earlier, there's only so much a girl can look, listen, learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For people who were not around for that part of the conversation, uh, it is Tuesday and Missy and I are on our third. Uh, well, we'll be on our no, third tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are, we're trying to front load a bunch of shows so that we're not recording or, you know, trying to get guests to come. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. Come and chat with us. So, yeah. so yeah. we're already done as of tomorrow. We'll be done recording for the year. So crazy. Except for Missy and I are going to do some, Oh, this is part of my look, listen, learn. So I'm not going to talk about it. I'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> you talk about your look, listen, learn. Missy. Okay. Um, I won't talk about it a ton because we've already talked about it on the show, but we've started only murders in the building based on recommendations. I think, I think it was your look, listen, learn. It was right? it yeah. such a cute show um, or cute oh as gosh. far as murders go. I mean, right. It's adorable <laughs> murders, um, but it is a really, it's great. I started it with Mark and it's hard to find things that we're both like all in on. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was reminded of another that we're about to start, which is kind of like, I don't usually look, listen, learn, but when you were talking about having coaches in an office, I don't usually talk about things I haven't watched yet, but the new season of succession is out Yes, um, and of billions and in billions, she kind of operated as a coach at times. Oh, like, that's right. Like she would come in, the people would come in the office. I don't know. I don't know where they are in billions right now. I can't remember like where she even works, but both of those shows are coming back and I'm super, super excited but I think I'll watch them after November because November is bananas. Yes. Um, Everybody needs a coach in succession because they are all a mess. Oh my gosh. They're such a mess. And it's not the normal show I would like. Like no. I talked about it here on the podcast before that I have a little bit of an aversion to power that both yes. billions in succession are all about power and money. And I cannot get enough. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> your alter ego. Shadow self. <laughs> Like, I love it. I love how dysfunctional they are, how broken all the people are. And um, and I love that they're employing some coaching principles on their television show. Yes. So, okay. I think I'll, I'll wrap it up there. You're That's all you I'm got. I'm going to wrap it up there. <laughs> okay. So I am looking and listening to the book Little Bee. Oh, 
by Chris Cleave. Have you listened? Or is this why I'm reading this? Because of you? No, I don't think it was no. me. I don't, I don't know. So I feel like I'm someone brought it, but it also is my book club book. Okay. And book club is next week. Well, I think they just canceled it because they're just, they're Novembering. They're like, nope, I just realized it's November. <laughs> Nothing can happen until January. Um, but I was trying to catch up. So I'm actually listening to it. And also, so I read it when I'm in bed and I listen to it when I'm driving around, which makes it really you hard. Just skip forward. Yeah. I, I need there to be a feature on the audible or whatever that says this corresponds to such and such page in the book, because I spend uh-huh. a good portion of my day flipping through trying to figure out exactly where I'm at. I need to just start yes. just consistently staying with one until a chapter is done is what I need to do. That's That'd probably what a normal people yeah. would do. But no, that's not how I do it. So that you is what I mark that tech idea. As you know. <laughs> I know. I've a... also heard that some people actually listen while they read it, which I've been kind of tempted oh. to do. Um, like, like literally like, at the same time. So it's like having someone read it to you. It's like, as if you had a little invisible person tucking you in at night <laughs> and while you're following along the words in the book because something I have a really hard time reading I don't know if maybe I have a little touch of either ADHD or Hmm. I don't think it's dyslexia I just I don't know it's something with actually reading it vision wise that I have a hard time I that only at night or is that always no kind of always I do a lot better if I'm listening like Hmm. I can remember if you like say a line from a book, I can remember like where around the lake I was running when I read that. Like I have a really oh, weird like that. Yeah. Um, reception for like listening to things. That's probably why I love podcasts so much. And, um, but there are times I will fall asleep in two seconds. If I'm listening to the book, I can actually stay awake a little bit longer if I'm reading it in bed versus mm. listening to it. Like last night I woke up with my headphones in. I think I made it maybe a minute. in. And like, Do you set the timer to turn it off? At a I do. Point? I set the yeah. timer for 15 minutes and then I back up to see like how far I made it. And yeah, it was about a minute. And listen to that. And then I also, as we were talking about, we have guests pretty much scheduled through, I think like the second week of December that we have, but Missy and I really, um, we're going to be, gosh, this is the episode we're running tomorrow. Yeah. Um, is this Megan Logan, the self-love workbook for women who, if you're listening to this episode, by the time you listen to it, it it was a couple days ago. We ran a couple days ago. (laughs) Yes. But if you're watching this now, it's releasing tomorrow. Um, no, not tomorrow, Thursday. Thursday. I'm really ahead of it with edits. I'm halfway done editing it. Um, I just had a full panic. I was like, not tomorrow. tomorrow. (laughs) Sorry. I've been, I've been, because we're doing NaNoWriMo, I'm trying to get ahead of things so that I have extra time that would have been editing tomorrow. So I'm halfway done editing it. And oh my gosh, I just, Megan Logan, it was so fantastic. This book is crazy. It's like number one on Amazon for pretty much any self-help or whatever category it is like number 80 or 85 in all of Amazon, like, like not just in a category in all of Amazon. Um, Are you doing the book? Are you working through it? We are going to do what we were talking about. We do. We had talked with Megan about doing this too. 
poor Megan. I seriously was like almost her marketing director. I was like, she's like, yeah, I'm thinking of maybe, you know, putting my Instagram back up. And we're like, you yes. need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. You you should have a podcast. To do. And she's like, you should have well, a podcast. I just kind of like to have my clients. Um, but so, yeah. So Megan, I think just, and it's kind of nice in the fact that she knows what she wants and what she's comfortable with. And she's doing exactly what she wants to be doing, despite the fact that Missy and I tried to like get a road show of Megan going around the country, yeah. a media tour. <laughs> She's such a gentle, calming presence. Oh, mm-hmm. she was That's awesome. But she's one like, gem after another, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's like, someone invited me to their book club to go over the book, and now I'm a member of it. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, That's so sweet. we're like, we're like, come we are gonna do a book, our book group. So we'll see if we actually are able to get Megan. She's, I mean, when she you have number like, 85 book people are literally she said calling her like at home which is kind of creepy deep you don't do that to megan she seems very yeah. lovely <laughs> That's um but i and we it were, might be you calling her to tell her how to might, do her instagram page yeah. whatever megan i had another idea for what you should be doing <laughs> oh my god Poor, i'm like you need a tedx you need this <laughs> But, no, she was just amazing. Um, but so Missy and I were talking about, well, we need to just have an excuse to make sure that we're actually doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will probably within our uh, mom and community on Facebook, we're trying to not break any copyright laws or right. you know disrespect um, the mm-hmm. actual content, but still talk around the topics that are in the book and have some meaningful discussion around that. I mean, as she said, first of all, the point was made. It's kind of an interesting story where even though it's her book, it was for this, whatever the publisher is. I don't even yeah. know. Rock Ridge Press, it looks like. They kind of reached out to her and said, we want to do this book. Can we use your knowledge to do it? So it's their book. She does not, we're not pimping her mm-hmm. out. A sale of this book does not necessarily it's go not to Megan. She has, she has been paid wow. for the work she's going to do on this book. Um, so she's not out yeah. there trying to hawk the book. But I can tell you for the amount of information and, that you get out of it, it's like under $10. Yeah. On Amazon. Yeah. I'm not trying to sell stuff on Amazon. Go try to find it on your local bookstore yeah, too. Um, but I mean, it's, I can't, you can't even print the book. It's gorgeous. It's like full it's color. So you can't gorgeous. even print it for 10 bucks. So oh, um, I think it'll be worth it if people want to go out and get a copy of the book before December. Um, we are planning on doing some of the exercises and talking through some of the exercises. And so it'll probably just be a couple episodes there in December that Missy and I record shorter than our usual hour where we just kind of talk to some of those exercises. or it might be three hours we don't know it might end up being like a 10-part series (laughs) what we're gonna do is we're just gonna have a megan logan fan club uh we're gonna have a whole dedicated group no it's we we don't know imagining her in your closet with you i imagine her being like here she is yeah megan's gonna be like Yes, well, I already have my yeah. pocket person, so I can't. She can't be my pocket person. So <laughs> you have my... multiple pocket people. Oh, yeah, I have too. many who fit in my pockets. It's like cargo yeah. pants. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah Stacy yeah, Kim Megan... is my pocket person. Megan can be my closet person. I don't know who we're gonna have. <laughs> Megan so... and Stacy would be great friends. 
wouldn't they? I think all of the coaches we interview should just hang out Have together, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> including Cindy. Cool I'm, I'm so excited you are officially among the truly certified coaches yes. because even uncertified, you have been a life changer for me. So I'm so excited to see mm. what you're going to be able to do for other people. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited for you. Go to cindywhitesides.com. We will have it in the show notes, the link to that. Um, but yeah, so is Thank there any y'all. any final words for either one of you before we log off? We have gone serious. once again. Way <laughs> no, not finally. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for this opportunity. This is um, the first podcast I've ever gotten to do ever. So that's why I brought my tipsy glass of Prosecco because this is super fun. And um, uh, Suzanne strong armed me into this at the last book reading we went to. And I kind of was hoping that like, you know, maybe she had had a couple beers before she asked. (laughs) Remember? And um, I, and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And she followed up and said, no, we're doing this. And I was like, we're doing it. it. Okay, great. (laughs) So, um, but thanks y'all. This has been really, really fun. And I just, I've loved your podcast. I was, I'm such a big deal that you guys got to that 40th episode. I listened to that one while I was power washing my driveway. (laughs) I had to keep stopping and jumping around because y'all were talking about such cool people that I wanted to go check them out. Um, So y'all are just, I love what y'all are doing. It's been super fun to, to watch from the sidelines back when this was just an idea. Um, that y'all are taking around and I just love it that you've made it happen it's it's helping a lot of women I know I send episodes that you guys have to friends all the time um so so thanks for having me this has been a joy thank you so much for Mm -hmm. everything for friendship and for letting us be your first podcast and being brave and doing it like yes just do it just do the thing (laughs) yes Oh, well, thank you so much. Right. We really appreciate it. Are you logging us off then, Missy? I'm going to log us off alive, everyone. Thank you, everybody, thank for you. joining. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.